my name is Sassini and I'm the host of Melanated and Educated. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite books, which is actually kind of trash. Okay, okay. So today we're going to be talking about the book and the French Kiss, which is a young adult romance novel by Stephanie Perkins about a girl named Anna in her senior year of high school who gets sent off to boarding school in Paris. So first I'm going to read you the description that the book gave us, and then I'm going to tell you mine, and then we're going to break it all down. Okay, so here is the book summary. Anna is happy in Atlanta. She has a loyal best friend and a crush on her coworker at the movie theater, who is just starting to return her affection. So she's less than thrilled when her father decides to send her to a boarding school in Paris for her senior year. But despite not speaking a word of French, Anna meets some cool new people, including the handsome Etienne St. Clair, who quickly becomes her best friend. Unfortunately, he's taken. And Anna might be too. Will a year of romantic near misses end with the French kiss she's been waiting for? Okay, that's the description. Okay, and now it's time for my description, which is not really a description so much as me telling you the entire part of the story, but I want to give you one in advance that I'm going to be going kind of deep into this and it's kind of just like gonna have my commentary kind of in I keep saying kind of ingrained into it but I just wanted to let you all know before you're like dang she's talking for a long time well this whole thing is just me talking in the first place if we're really going in there but I just want to give you a heads up because I'm going to be talking about this for quite a bit of time so we start off with Anna she's a senior in high school she's 17 she's from Atlanta and she's getting sent off to Paris for boarding school against her will by her father who's kind of annoying and we don't really like him because basically he was a good dad he divorced the mom which wasn't really the problem i mean but he did abandon his children in the process which was the problem and he ended up becoming a very successful romance novelist and he usually writes these books about these good american folk who fall in love and then one of them gets a terminal illness and dies and the housewives just eat it up And so in order to prove to his peers that he's like rich and cultured, even though he is just rich, he's not cultured in any type of way, he sends his daughter off to Paris for boarding school against her will, which is how we start this. And she, honestly, Anna's just feeling some type of way because she feels that if she had the choice, she might have actually wanted to go to Paris, but because she was forced, she's not really into it. Anna herself isn't really into his books. She's kind of ashamed of it because she feels like he's cashing in on like the suffering of others, which I mean, he is. Anna is not as much into books as she is into movies. She wants to be a critic when she grows up. She loves reviewing movies. She has her own, like, page and everything like that. So, we start off with Anna in her dorm room. It's, like, the size of a shoebox, and her parents are helping her unpack. They leave. She's bawling her eyes out. She ends up meeting Meredith, her next-door neighbor and future best friend, who ends up comforting her and being like, It's okay, you know, like, I'm here for you. If you need a friend, I'm right next door. So when she's leaving Meredith's room, she ends up meeting St. Clair. His name is Etienne St. Clair, but no one really calls him by his first name. We don't really know why. It just never happened. And if you do, you're kind of weird because he doesn't go by that. So Etienne St. Clair, better known as St. Clair, bumps into her. They have this cute little moment where she's just kind of shocked. She's like, wow. He's super cute, he's British at a school for American people, so she's kind of confused for a little bit until we find out that his mom is American, his dad is British, whatever. Basically, Anna kind of is, 
not really super interested in him. She thinks he's cute or whatever, but she's not really worried about him. She's more worried about, you know, I'm stuck in Paris by myself. I've never been here. I don't speak the language. I speak Spanish. I've spoken Spanish for three years, which also twins because I'm in Spanish three right now. Me and Anna are basically the same person. Actually, I would not be the same person as Anna because she's not a good person. I shouldn't be laughing. But yeah, so let's get back to the plot. So Anna ends up, you know, being kind of by herself. She in she starts coming around to Meredith's group. They end up becoming fast friends. But Anna doesn't really include herself too much. She kind of just stays at home by herself. Everyone else, you know, can speak the language. They're much more comfortable in Paris because they've been here since the beginning of high school. She's just gotten here. She's a fish out of water. It's her senior year. She's not really used to this environment. She just kind of stays at home half the time. And her friends are like, you can't do this. Like, you're in Paris for the first time. You've never been here before. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Like, you need to go out. Specifically St. Clair. He ends up taking her out for a night on the town and just giving her a tour of Paris because... Like, he's, like, kind of French, too. His dad's, like, French. So he's, like, a native. I don't know. He's, like, tri-nationalist? I don't know. He's from, like, three different countries. It's weird. But basically... Basically... Oh, my gosh. I was wish I had thought. Okay, so basically, she and Etienne go out, and they end up going to this place that ends up being important to the plot, which is known as Point Zero, where it's like the center of Paris, I think, or the center of the four quadrants, and you make a wish, and your wish eventually comes true, and Anna doesn't really know what to wish for, so she's just like, I wish for whatever's best for me, and she just leaves it up to the universe, whatever. Um, we don't know what Etienne wishes for, obviously, because we're not in his head, we're not in her perspective, so, yeah, um, what else? So, they just kind of have a moment, they're besties, click, clack, whatever, two peas in a pod, they go back home, and then we meet Etienne's girlfriend, Ellie, who's actually a college student. She's a year older than them, and she used to be best friends with Rashmi, but they don't really talk anymore. She's kind of bougie, and no one really likes her because she thinks she's better than them, even though she's the same as them. Like, she's an American, too. But she sees herself as, like, the sophisticated French girl, even though she's American. And so, yeah. So, Anna ends up going in by herself. Etienne ends up going with Ellie even though he doesn't really want to and we end up kind of finding out that Etienne does a lot of things he doesn't want to because Ellie wants to do them that's just the kind of girlfriend that she ends up being she's just kind of making the decisions and he's like okay but it's also kind of his fault as we see later because he never really takes a stand for himself and it kind of parallels his mother who we'll kind of get into later but basically everything is going fine everything's cool everything's great and then something happens on Halloween Oh, wait, I lied, I lied. Okay, right before this, there's this moment where you would think she would know because she's so in love with films, but Anna didn't realize that France is the film capital of the world. So she ends up going to the movies with um, with the group. And there's like this weird back and forth thing. I don't know. It, it's kind of uncomfortable, especially considering that Etienne has a girlfriend. But I was eating it up in seventh grade. I was like, mmm, yes, this is delicious content. And it's actually a sample in the beginning of the book, so I'm just going to read it to y'all. This is just one page. Um, child, no, okay, I'm going to read it, okay. So this is her. Suddenly, I want to touch him. Not a push or a shove or even a friendly hug. I want to feel his creases. Wait, what? I want to feel the creases in his skin, connect his freckles with invisible lines, brush my fingers across the inside of his wrists. He shifts. I have the strangest feeling that he's as aware of me as I am of him. I can't concentrate. 
She's talking about the film. St. Clair coughs and shifts again. His leg brushes against mine. It stays there. I'm paralyzed. I should move it. It feels too unnatural. How can he not notice his leg is touching my leg? From the corner of my eye, I see the profile of his chin and nose and, oh dear God, the curve of his lips. There. He glanced at me. I know he did. I bore my eyes into the screen, trying my best to prove that I am really interested in this movie. St. Clair stiffens but doesn't move his leg. Again. Another glance. This time, I turn, automatically, just as he's turning away. It's a dance, and now there's a feeling in the air, like one of us should say something. Focus, Anna, focus. Do you like it? I whisper. He pauses, asking, the film? I'm very thankful that the shadows hide my blush. I like it very much, he says. And if you want to, I'm not busy to know British accents, because my British accents are horrible. But just imagine this in a British accent, because she's British. And then she says... Like, she, okay. I risk a glance and St. Clair risk What? Yeah. And St. Clair stares back, deeply. He has not looked at me like this before. I turn away first, then feel him turn a few beats later. I know he is smiling and my heart races. See, here's my thing. This could be super cute. If we weren't in two different, like, okay. So, even though Anna's not committed, she's kind of had this thing with her coworker, like they said in the description of the actual book. And... She's kind of got this thing at home, and so she's like, I'm not interested in him, I'm not a homewrecker, but, like, he's completely flirting with her, like, he doesn't have a girlfriend that we just met, like, in the last chapter, I don't know, I was kind of frustrated by that once I realized what was going on, like, like I said, in seventh grade, I was eating this up, but, like, now that I reread it and stuff, I'm just kind of like, mm, is this what we're doing? Is this who we are? Is this what we represent? You know? So, after that, time passes pretty quickly. We're at Halloween, and this is when a big part of the plot ends up happening, because basically they end up going out for the night. They have, like, a picnic or whatever in, like, a graveyard. I don't really... Like, I know why they did it, but I just think that's kind of weird. And Etienne... Oh, excuse me. St. Clair. He's still St. Clair at this part of the book, because they're not that close yet. So St. Clair ends up getting the news that his mom is diagnosed with an advanced stage of cancer, and he... You know, it's he's very distraught, which he as he should be. And so he finds out that he can't visit her until Thanksgiving. Like, he asks his dad, and his dad's like, no, you have to wait, like, a month. And so he just kind of goes... It, everything goes downhill from there. So... Once he finds this out, he and Josh, who is a member of the gang, he's actually... Let me introduce you, let me introduce you to the gang, because I only introduced Meredith. So there's Meredith... There used to be Ellie, and then there's Rashmi, who's, she's a good friend of theirs, and then there's Josh, who's her boyfriend, and also the best friend of Etienne. Okay, cool, awesome, great. So, yeah. What? Okay, okay. So, sorry, I was looking through the book to make sure I got this right. So yeah, they went to the movies, there's that whole sample, then there was Rashmi, and so he finds out that, um, he finds out that his mom has cancer, he kind of, everything goes downhill, and he's just giving up on everything. So, he, okay, Etienne and St. <laughs> Etienne and St. Clair, no, St. Clair and Josh end up going to a bar and getting drunk because the legal age of drinking in Paris is way lower than in the United States. Um, I think it's 16. Or 18, I don't really remember. 
So they end up getting drunk and they end up all going to Anna's dorm room afterwards. And she's trying to take care of um, Etienne. And he ends up confessing that he likes her. And she's like, she doesn't take it seriously because he is drunk and he is in a relationship with another girl. So she's like, I'm not going to take this too seriously. I'm just going to kind of ignore it. So he asked if you, he's like, do you like me back? And she's like, um, I don't remember what she says, but she doesn't say yes, to be honest. I think she just changes the subject and he just falls for it because he's drunk. And then there ends up being like this moment where he's like, he pukes on her, she takes care of him. It's very awkward. And so she doesn't remember, she doesn't realize this at the time, but Josh is still in the room. So he hears this whole exchange go down, which kind of comes into play later, later. Why am I singing? No, but okay, so. So. We are seeing St. Clair as a completely different person now. He's just kind of going crazy. His life is falling apart. He's not working on school. He can't focus on school. And his dad's like, if you can't focus on school and get your grades back up, then you're not coming home for Thanksgiving. And so, you know, he's trying, but he really can't do it because he can't focus because his mom is sick and he wants to see his mom. He can't see his mom because he can't focus it's like this whole cycle of like, I, I need to work and I can't because my mom is sick. But if I don't work, then I can't see her and feel better. It's, uh, I hate it for him. I hate it for him. And so, mm-hmm, what's happening? I had to think. So basically, everyone's trying to help him except for Josh. Josh is just kind of like, do whatever, man. Your mom is dying. It's whatever. And, Yeah. Everyone else is like, no, like, help him, encourage him to, encourage him to, um, you know, try to get better so he can see his mom. It ends up not happening for Thanksgiving, and that's when Anna and Etienne end up stranded there. Because Anna's mom was like, well, it's kind of expensive to just have you for Thanksgiving, we're just gonna wait till Christmas. And she doesn't really want to, but she's like, at this point, whatever, fine. Um, in the meantime, Anna's getting better at French and like that. She's learning more. She was very uncomfortable at first, you know, fish out of water. But she is getting better. She's getting better adapted to Paris, which I feel like is kind of relevant. Even though it's not like the main plot. Because, you know, the main plot is the whole romance. But I just wanted to throw that in. So, basically, Anna and Etienne are like the only people there over Thanksgiving break. So, they end up hanging out, but not at first. Because he's just kind of wallowing in self-pity. And she can, like, hear him because his room is above her. So, she just hears him stomping around, going in and out not really doing anything and so she eventually goes up there and she's like you me let's go you know take a shower get your life together we're gonna do something today it's thanksgiving we should do something even if we're not in the united states so after a lot of convincing he ends up going with her and feeling better they end up talking about his mom her treatment and just how he's feeling they end up getting a lot closer because you know they were kind of tense everything was kind of tense since his mom has been diagnosed but Anna ends up doing all this research about his mom and like telling him all these treatments that he should talk to her and try and stuff like that it's really cute actually um and he talks about how Ellie completely ignores him when he talks about his mom and the treatment of the cancer which is you know an awful thing for a girlfriend to do but yeah so they have that little bonding moment they end up also going to like a mausoleum I don't really like this scene because they end up running through, like, the place full of dead people. That's what a mausoleum is, right? It's something that starts with an M. I think it's a mausoleum. So they end up running. They're, like, she's, like, racing him there. I don't remember. It was weird. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. It didn't really have anything to do with the plot, except that there's this guy who ends up shaming them. And 
it's like referenced later in a joke. Um, what else? So basically, they go back to the dorms, and he's like, "This is the best day I've had in a while. I don't really want it to end." She's like, "You want to go for a night in the house and like that?" He's like, "No." And then they end up sleeping over. They end up sleeping in her room because his room is dirty because, you know, my mom has cancer. I can't really focus on anything. I'm depressed, and so they end up having like an all-nighter not an all-nighter but like he ends up sleeping in her bed and everything it's kind of super awkward and after the break they just keep it a secret and mostly because not because of the whole thing with his girlfriend but because she wants to keep this to herself because she doesn't want to have to share these memories of him and this other side of him with her friends oh also anna does this weird thing okay let me explain this is gonna seem off topic but it's more into like the characterization of anna She's, like, not a good per- mm. Okay, so, in one of my previous episodes, I had about, like, I talked about, like, pick-me girls and everything like that, and Anna is one of those people who thinks that if you do something for male validation, or, like, if you seem like you're doing that, you're a pick-me girl and you're a try-hard and this and that, she, like, shames people. And it's, like, annoying because it comes out of nowhere sometimes, and other times it's like, oh, maybe, maybe you should fix your problems, girl, before you worry about somebody else's, okay? Like, for example- for example, um, that first night when Anna and Etienne, you know, went out and then Ellie came and, you know, picked him up or anything like that. So she, like, ends up going back to that later on in the book. And she, like, starts thinking of Ellie and she's, there's, like, this one quote that really stuck with me. Like, I don't even need to get the page or anything like that. She's like, I want to sink my nails into her eyes and claw and claw and claw. Who does that? Are you deranged? Are you, that's so strange to me. That's scary. Like, She's kissing her own boyfriend because they end up kissing or something like that or hugging or something like that. And she's, Anna is just livid. It's so weird. I don't know. That's kind of off topic, but on topic to the book. And, you know, I was just like, uh, okay. But back to Thanksgiving break. So after Thanksgiving break, you know, we keep it a secret, keep it hush-hush. And then there's this, there's this weird energy between Anna and St. Clair that no one really knows what happened. Because, you know, they were all with their families for Thanksgiving so no one really addresses it, but it's definitely strange, you know. And so everything else just kind of zooms by. Um, St. Clair is a little less miserable. And then we have Christmas. So Anna and St. Clair are still kind of beefing. And, but it kind of goes away because they find out, so they're both going home for Christmas, like stated previously. And St. Clair finds out that they're at a connecting flight, so he's like, we can just go together, we can just take a cab together and get ready and everything like that, it'll be cool. So he's like, reaching out an olive branch, she's like, you know what, fine. So they end up doing that, they're at the airport, and they end up realizing that they didn't have the same plane tickets, because, you know, they were just riding together because they had the connecting flight, they weren't actually, like, riding together on the plane. So he ends up pretending that they're dating and she's pregnant and, like, has, like, air signals or something. So that way she can, he can trade seats with the guy next to her. It's, like, funny. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was cute. Um, keep in mind, he's a whole cheater, though. So, I didn't like that. But sometimes I'll be like, this is, this is cute. This is mm, much romance. They're like, uh, he's a cheater. Infidelity, you know? So I'm just gonna keep throwing that in. Pop it in. Just so y'all don't, y'all don't think, mm, yes, romance, love. No. A lack of loyalty, that's what it is. <laughs> but back to the topic. So they're on the plane, they're playing the little games or whatever. And then, you know, they go their separate ways. They talk a lot. They talk literally nonstop. Like, they're texting, calling. He even calls her home phone because she didn't charge her phone. So he, like, finds it in the phone book and everything. And she's, like, super touched. 
And then something else happens. So basically, Anna finds out that her best friend Bridget from Atlanta ends up getting together with her um, old crush, Toph, who worked at the movie theater with her. And he's kind of referenced in the description. And she was kind of messaging him for the first semester, like, over email, but she didn't really think anything was going to happen. But she was still just hurt that Bridget would go behind her back and date the guy that she knew she liked. And so Anna's, like, crying and everything like that. And so her friend slash ex-boyfriend ends up taking her home. And it's kind of awkward because Anna liked Toph, which is honestly a stupid name. Let's just off topic. So his name is Christopher, but he doesn't like Chris. So he goes by Toph. Who goes by Toph? That's just, mm, if you go by Toph, I'm so sorry that I'm dissing you right now. But that's the stupidest thing. Like, that's, mm, no, no, no. Anyways, back on topic. So she liked Toph while she was with this guy, but so like, and he knew, so it was super awkward. But he ends up taking her home with his new girlfriend because her car is dead because her mom didn't drive it. She's just frustrated for a whole bunch of reasons because she can't even drop herself home. Not even just because she was crying, but because her car doesn't work anymore. It's a mess. So she goes home. She's calling Etienne and he's like comforting her and he's he just, he makes this weird comment. He's like, oh, and so she was, <laughs> let me go. So Anna basically said that Bridget told her that Top was never interested in her in the first place. And St. Clair says something like, um, well, he'd have to be stupid not to be interested in you everyone every every guy with a working brain would be interested in you and so like there's an awkward silence like does that mean you're interested in me and he's like are you still here like I that was a dumb thing for me to say she's like yeah I'm still here and they just kind of you know he kind of helps her get over it and then you know there's they like I said they're talking non-stop texting emailing all that stuff and so Brick kind of is over soon after that. They get back and Anna realizes she's completely and utterly in love with him. She stops calling him St. Clair and starts calling him by his first name, Etienne. And everyone's like, oh, something's unchanged, huh? It's a big thing, especially him. He's like, oh, and wearing your heart on your sleeve, are we? And he's totally into it. He doesn't, no one really says anything, but like there are definitely some looks, you know, like, oh, is this what's happening right now? Is this what we're doing? Is this how we're living? Is this who we are? You know, so, yeah, la yada da everything's going good, everything's going fine. Ellie is still here. He's not single, but we're still flirting up a storm. We're still basically together, and he's still basically cheating. At least emotionally, I feel like he's not loyal, you know? But on to the rest of the plot. So, skip, skip, skip. Oh, we find out that... Oh, yes, good news. St. Clair's mom is officially can um, cancer-free, which is great, which is awesome, which is fine. Then there ends up being this thing where he ends up going to Ellie's, and it's, like, a whole bunch of conflict and tension, because, like, why are you going to her, even though she's definitely your girlfriend and you have a reason to go to her, but you're also playing with me and leading me on, so we're a bit frustrated, but we kind of just blush, brush it off. And then in February, we just kind of zoomed through January. In February, it's Anna's birthday, and this is where... Things start to get real. So basically, Anna has never drank before, and her friends want to get her drunk. Etienne's like, we're not really allowed to get you drunk. We're just going to go out to party, and if you're not comfortable with that, like, we won't do anything. And so she ends up getting drunk, and she and St. Clair basically, child, mm, they're making babies on the dance floor. They're grinding, bumping, doing whatever. I, I don't I, mm, I could not tell you. <laughs> Basically, you know, 
they're doing all this and then Ellie's roommate happens to be there and tells Ellie and it's a whole mess and then it's like he okay so St. Clair ends up running out of the club Anna follows him they end up getting to a fight because she's like why do you always go back to her why are you so worried about her just break up with her like I'm right here like I'm so frustrated like you know so she ends up being like why do you always choose her or something like that like they end up getting into a fight and so he's like because I didn't want to be alone or I don't want to be alone and so he's like you were never alone and so like that's a thing and they stop talking for a while um but she kind of forgives her hmm. wait her what am I talking about she kind of forgives him after talking to Rashmi who wasn't really prominent until now so, like I said before, Rashmi's part of the friend group, but she's kind of overlooked, and she's having her own issues. So, she and Anna end up getting together and talking, and so, yeah. So, they weren't really close, but this ended up making them closer because they both talk about their issues. She talks about, you know, her issues, like, Anna talks about her issues with Sinclair, which we all have seen. Like, everyone else was there. Like, we know what happened, girl. And Rashmi ends up talking about her relationship with Josh and how it's kind of falling apart because he's giving up on everything. Um, especially since Josh is a year younger than them. So they're all going to leave and he's kind of just like, you guys are all abandoning me. I don't even care about school anymore. I'm probably going to drop out. Like, it's a whole mess. And they're just really fighting like a whole bunch. And then, yeah, Rashmi's having a whole bunch of issues. Like, her sister ends up being, a, her little sister is like a bully. Um, yeah, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. But basically, Anna starts feeling terrible because she realizes, like, I haven't been here for her and she's here for me right now, so I need to be a better friend. And, you know, she does have some redeeming moments. I'm not saying Anna's a horrible person. I think she's just a regular person. Not every main character is perfect. And I actually do like that about this book because a lot of main characters are perfect. So when I did read this book, I was like, oh, like, she's kind of... Oh. But it's also like she's a teenager. And that doesn't excuse them, her behavior, but it's also like, you know... No one's perfect. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because, I mean, I still don't believe in, like, people should be cheating and stuff like that. Like, just break up with them. But they do make a compelling argument half the time. Like, am I believing the argument? No. But, like, mm, I see the vision a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So, yeah. She and Etienne, because she's still calling him them right now. She and Etienne, you know, they forgive each other. And... She does this thing and she's she's talking about like, let me see. So basically she says this thing and she's like, I shouldn't have made you go out to dance. He was like, you didn't make me do anything. And that's when she realizes he really does feel the same way, but he's still with Ellie. So it's like this whole big, it's, mm, it's a mess. It's a mess. But right after that, this kid who's in um, Anna's class named Dave ends up asking her out. She ends up saying yes, just to hurt Etienne because she's hurt by him. And so, he ends up getting mad. And she's like, you don't have the right to be mad. Like, you're with someone else. I'm tired of waiting for you. Like, I'm not going to wait for you anymore. He's like, please just be my friend. And she was like, I'll be your friend. So, she stops calling him Etienne. She starts calling him St. Clair again. That's how you know they're beefing. And then the friends, like, the whole friend group ends up, like, making fun of her for getting with Dave. But, you know, it's working. I mean, they're doing what they're doing. She's not really worried about them. So she and Dave still end up going out together. She's not super satisfied, but she's like, whatever. So later on, she um, and Dave end up getting caught kissing 
by St. Clair. They're in the hallway because they got in trouble. And so he's like out there doing something with Meredith. I think they're doing something for a teacher. And so he's like super mad. But it's not really his problem. So, you know, we just kind of forget about that, to be honest. And then um, Anna gets an email from Bridget, who's giving her, like, this long apology. I don't remember who Bridget is, because I've talked quite a bit from that. That's the best friend who ended up getting with the guy that she liked. You know, hot mess, whatever. And so that's what happened. And then after that, she's kind of emotional, but she still doesn't reach out to Bridget. Then a whole bunch of mess happens, and Anna breaks up with Dave. And she also kind of has this crisis because she's thinking about how, like, she's single and alone. And, you know, Bridget's still with Toph, and they're about to go to prom. She didn't even want to go to prom, but she's just having a breakdown because she's realizing, like, everything's falling apart. She has no one, really, because she's pushed away, like... You know, she's pushed away Etienne. She's kind of pushed away her friends. And she hasn't really gotten them back except for Rashmi. So it's a mess. And he's like... But Etienne kind of reaches out to her and he's like, Well, I'm still your best friend no matter what. You can still tell me things even if we're, you know, having having problems. And so they end up becoming best friends again. And then there's there's this chapter. Chapter 38. And you're like, how we got chapter 38? It's almost 30 minutes. This is how we got there. Basically... They end up kissing at the park. Meredith catches them. And it's a mess. And then later on, Anna realizes... Oh, wait. Okay. So, St. Clair leaves and chases after Meredith to apologize. And then he goes to Allie's house. And Anna thinks it's to run back to her like he always does. But really, it's to break up with her. So, now they're beefing because she thinks that he abandoned her. And he thinks, like, how could you think so little of me? You know, I wouldn't go back to her after this. Even though, like, all the signs point to you would, you know? But, yeah. So, what else? So, basically, there's, like, this thing where Anna ends up getting in trouble because someone calls Meredith out her name and she fights her. She ends up in detention. And then, so, she breaks up with Dave. She broke up with Dave, like, a couple, a little while ago. And Dave ends up slut-shaming her for no reason just because she broke up with him. And so, St. Clair ends up punching him and they both end up in detention because of that. Well, no. St. Clair ends up in detention. Dave gets off scotch-free. So, Anna and St. Clair are now in detention together. Then they, like, I don't know. They don't really do anything. They almost kiss, and then they're like, no, no. So then they don't really talk. Um, what else? Okay, so for a while, it's just nothing's really happening. Anna realizes she was a bad friend to both Meredith and Bridget because she realizes she did the same thing to Bridget. I mean, she did the same thing to Meredith that Bridget did to her, and so she apologizes to Bridget and Meredith, and they end up all kumbaya, you know, besties or whatever. But she still hasn't really made up with St. Clair. She's just kind of like, you know what? Forget it. Like, let's just forget about it and just be friends. And he's like, I don't want to forget. And, you know, we don't really talk about it after that. So... Meredith ends up convincing her, out of all people, Meredith ends up convincing her to pursue Etienne instead of giving up. And so, she does, but then she fault like, she kind of catches him at a bad moment, finds out that um, his dad's still controlling his life after the whole thing with the mom, and it's a mess. She ends up helping him stand up to her. I mean, stand up to his dad. Yeah. And so, basically, nothing really happens. And then, we have the big confession... So, back to point zero, which is referenced, like, once in this book, but they do go a couple more times after that. 
Um, not once in this book, once in this description. So, um, what happened? So basically, he goes up to point zero, but he goes to the high part because she's on like the she's at like a bell tower, and he's afraid of heights, so he does this for her. She's like, "Did you make a mistake?" And he's like, "No." And they have this big like conversation about why they were both scared to give up, like any like they were scared to be alone which is why she ended up getting with top and then with dave even though she was interested in him the entire time and why he stayed with ellie for so long and so they end up you know now that they're both available they end up getting together it's kind of cute but i'm still like y'all are cheaters but you know mm. so yeah i think that's it Yeah, okay, so basically they're all together lovey-dovey, kissy-kissy. Their story's kind of continued in the other two books because it's a trilogy. So I might talk about those two in another episode. But yeah, so my final opinion on this book. I mean, it's definitely a book that I read quite often. I read this, like, at least twice a year. That's, like, the minimum. Like, I read them more than that. But I'm just saying, like, minimum, usually, like, twice a year. And... I mean, my perspective, my my perspective on this book has definitely changed as I've gotten older. I read this book at first in seventh grade, so I was just like, "Oh my gosh, they're in love!" But now it's like, "Oh my gosh, they're cheaters." But overall, I still really like this book, even though everyone in it's a hot mess. It's good. It keeps you entertained. It's a little soap opery sometimes, you know. It's interesting. It gets the girls going. So this is not really a review of that book. This is basically me just talking about it, but. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, everyone's in this book is a mess. And it kind of gets worse through the series. Because then it's like, we're a mess. I think, okay, let me explain. I think this book is definitely the best in the trilogy. But it's not my favorite. Anyways, Anna's a hot mess. So is St. Clair. But they're cute together once they're not cheating. so 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 much for listening if you're interested in more content from me um stay tuned for more episodes and follow me on instagram and twitter at the at deslilboo that's spelled d-e-s-l-i-l-b-o-o thank you so much for listening can't wait till next time